morning, everyone. What a joy to have you all this morning. Are you excited that you are in the house of God? Or you are somewhere else? If you're happy, then you know your cap, your hand. That's what we're saying. So we are so grateful. The Lord has given us another Lord's day in our life where we can come together and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I'm so grateful that you are here because the Lord wanted you to be here. There's no doubt about it. I always believe it is God who brings you. It is God who keeps you away. It is God because it is God who is all-powerful God. Are we ready, Dustin? I think this hymn needs to be sung more Let's and all more. stand to sing. It has a really rich history. Many years the church has sung this hymn. You may not know it. Yeah. 
William Cowper so beautifully reminded us this song was compared, composed in 1774 yet it speaks so beautifully Lord will you please give us eyes to see your smiling face open our eyes O oh God to see the mystery we know Lord that your, your thoughts are higher than ours we know, Lord, your ways are higher than ours. Help us, O oh God, that we may never judge you for what you are up to and what you do. Help us, Lord, that we may see your smiling face. Help us, Lord, we never interpret your ways in our own way, lest we miss your best. Thank you, God, that you've given us this opportunity once again that we may glean from the book of Job. Open our eyes that we may glorify you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Thank you, Dustin and April. We have been looking into the book of Job. It is so beautiful. More I read, more I study. More I try to comprehend it is beyond my understanding. And I hope you would feel the same way. And we never judge God because he is God and we are not. His wisdom and his understanding is infinitely high. So, Let's get into the book of Job as we began last Lord's Day, the first chapter. And we began to glean on his character. The Job was a super character. He was blameless, doesn't mean that he was sinless, but he was upright from God's perspective. He was upright in God's way as we saw last Lord's day. And since he was upright, he was in God's arena to be tested. When you and I have put our trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, we are not exempted from trials and temptations. He makes us the trophy of his grace as he allows us to be tempted and tested. Because he would like the watching world know that he is my man. He is my woman. Isn't it wonderful that we may pass that test? Last Lord's Day I pointed out that the grace of God exempts no one from trouble. The grace of God exempts no one from trouble. We saw that suffering does not occur not because there is anything wrong about the person or about his life. Contrary, because he is right. That's why he is going through this suffering. Always remember that. 
always remember if god has counted you worthy to go through trials go for it because you know why because god would like to exhibit his special grace to the watching world that his name be exalted his name be exalted so we saw that about last lord day job's transformed life his character that he had so many he was a he was a big uh, businessman he was a rich man and all this thing i don't want to go in details he has he was a family man and his children were so uh, there were 10 children seven sons three daughters so they had parties there are celebration for birthday all all the year and then uh, we saw that the conspirator came and said do you know that you are blessing that's why he is worshiping you do you know that he is because you are blessing him because you have kept the hedge of protection over him take the protect the hedge of protection and he will curse you well i always say the lord say to satan make my day go go for it go for it and you know what happened he but stretch out your hand the devil challenged god and strike everything job has and he will surely curse you that is you know my friends i told you last time satan doesn't know everything he is not omnipotent your omnipresence is not there he doesn't know so he thought in his finite understanding that once the hedge of protection is gone once the blessing is taken away job definitely will curse god and over it and that's why the lord said go for it go for it so god granted satan permission now watch this word very much my friends god granted satan permission Satan has no power over the redeemed people unless God allows Satan to have it. Never give credit to Satan. That was Satan did it to me. No, please. It is a blasphemy. Never give credit to Satan. If God allows, so God permitted Satan about Job's life, but he told him don't touch his body. Don't touch his body. and neither he could take his life so satan went out from the presence of the lord and unleashed this attack upon job and all hell broke loose on job's life beloved when you read this it is beyond our finite understanding what job had gone through his faith was tested catastrophe like a tsunami like a tsunami like like a market crash in job's life at the hand of satan job suffered the loss of his possession and his servants and his children imagine my beloved that job had to do the funeral for his 10 children at one day show me one father or mother which has to do that kind of thing job has to do that he has to bury 10 at one day job prosperity was reduced to poverty because it was god who permitted satan to do so there was another man in the bible who played with sin who played with sin bible calls him champion you remember whom i'm talking about samson a champion because he played with sin 
Oswald Sanders, Oswald Sanders says, a champion become the clown. Because of his own sin. Here, in Job's condition, it was God who let Job to become poor. Can you fathom in your finite understanding? Job's prosperity was reduced to poverty as he lost all his livestock and servants, even his sons and daughters, in rapid fire succession. It was on the day that Job, Job's sons and daughters were feasting and having party, celebration. And, uh, in the, and, and then abruptly somebody came and whispered to Job. And he said, first tragedy, when the messenger came to him and said, the oxen were blowing and the donkeys were gazing nearby. The Sabians attacked and carried them off. Job, do you hear now? The Sabians were probably the nomads from the Seba, the southern part of the Arabia, Genesis chapter 25, verse 1 to 3. Later on, Job chapter 6, was, sorry, Arabia, and they were the descendants of Abraham and Keturah. You remember, Keturah was a concubine of Abraham. After Sarah died, Abraham married Keturah, Genesis chapter 25. And they were the Sabians, they were the descendants of Keturah and Abraham. And traveling, they were traveling in Nobed. They were merchants, raiders. They stole Job's cattle and put the sword and his servants slaughtered. Only one remained, escaped to tell the tragic news to Job. While he was just thinking about what has just gone through, Somebody stepped in. Come in. While the servant was still speaking, another messenger burst into room and broke another heart-wrenching news, which was distressing. His sheep and the another group of the servants met an untimely death. And they said that it was the lightning storm from God. Verse 16. I was just thinking all this thing. And another person came in verse 17. Another disaster struck. Three raiders' parties were formed by the Chaldeans who came and stole Job's 3,000 camels. Chaldeans were the fierce semi-nomadic group who eventually migrated into southern Mesopotamia, where they aided in the formation of the Babylonian Empire. These murderers, savages, spared none of the servants from the sword except one servant who escaped and came Job the news that what happened. One after the other, one after the other. And then... As Job was just pondering, in verse 18 and 19, he said, the wind was probably the tornado since produced the force and then four corners of the wall collapsed and all his ten children buried and died. Died. If you were there in Job's place, what would you do? If I give you a piece of paper and ask you to write, what would you write? What would you write? Let's be honest. That's a real test of your faith. That's a real test of your faith. When Job was tested in this way, 
how did he respond? How did he respond? You know, when, when anything happens to us, the first question we raise, why me? Why me? I was reading about Martin Luther. And Martin Luther said, instead of asking why me, we have to crucify why me? And say, why not me? In response to this great calamity, Job, what did he say? He had a praise worship service without choir. He had a praise worship service, unusual. Unusual. When everything goes well, praise the Lord, brother, hallelujah. But when the news comes from the doctor's office that you have a stage number four, and you have three months to live. Why? Why, Lord? Why? I often use this illustration during the funeral time, but it's wonderful, wonderful. This is what we as a believer should act and react. There was a man, this is the real story, friends. There was a man in Arkansas. He was an elder in the church, godly man. Never got sick in his life. But something was aching in his body, so he went to the doctor. He said, doctor, something is not right in my system. So the doctor, he said, okay, we need, he, he checked everything, and he said, well, we need to send you for MRI. So the doctor Asked for MRI, then MRI was done. And the doctor asked him to come after four days. Four days. So he came after four days, the report was ready, and the doctor, he came to the doctor's office, and the doctor was very quiet. And he said, Doc, what's the report? I don't know how to say to you. Say, he says. <laughs> say to me, I'm here to hear. He said, you have a three months to live. You have a cancer, very aggressive cancer, and four, three months to live, and you will die. What did he do? He jumped on and he kissed the doctor. Thank you, doctor. That was the greatest news you ever gave me. Doctor said, doctor said what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? He said, I love my Lord, and I'm going to see him. I'm going home. Doctor could not believe. He said, I have broken the news with many, many patients like this, and they broke down in tears. Are you okay? He said, no, I'm okay, doctor. I'm okay. I know where I'm going. I know I'm where I'm going. I'm going to see my Lord who loved me and who gave himself for me. All these years I was longing to be with him and you broke the news. I'm going home. You know, in three, he went from door to door. He said, doctor, give me the news. I'm going home. He said, are you crazy? He said, no, I'm going home. I'm going home. You know what happened, beloved? This is the true story. Doctor was the first to convert. When the, uh, three, less than three months he died, he brought 300 people in the body of believers. 300 people came to know Jesus Christ because of this man. And doctor was the first person to stood, say he stood up for the eology. He said, I have never seen a patient in my lifetime who was a radiant, when I broke the news. I think Job was just like that. You know why? Because he was looking for invisible. Are you looking? Are you looking for invisible? 
Upon hearing the loss of all his possessions and children, Job got up and tore his robe. You know, when, when the person in the Old Testament, when they tore their robes, it was a severe form of mourning. You remember when Jacob heard about Joseph? He did the same thing. When Mordecai heard that the signature has been done and the Jewish people will be slaughtered, he did the same thing. And here also, Job tore his robe. It was an expression of deep inner sorrow. Then Job fell to the ground in worship. Beloved, this is a wonderful way. If you have never tried, I would encourage you. When you are in your house, fall on the ground and worship the Lord. Fall on the ground in the presence of God and just worship the Lord. I just finished the book. Uh, I was reading the Nehemiah. I encourage you to read the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 9. If you want to read about God... Read Nehemiah chapter 9 and, 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 and fall on your knees and read chapter Nehemiah 9 and just, just lost in the wonder of God. That who God is in book of Nehemiah chapter 9. Fall on the ground. Lock the room and be yourself in the presence of God. Job what, did the same thing. He fell on ground and worshipped, prostrating himself before God in act of humble submission, in adoration. He blessed the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. His wife was a different, you know that. And what did he worship? How did he, how did he react? He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I will return. Lord gave, Lord took. Blessed be the name of God. Only those who are, have a spirit of God can say this. Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I will return. Beloved, this verse reminds us everyone would leave this world the same way they came into this world. Do you know one of these days you will have an appointment with death? Nobody will stand with you. Nobody will stand with you. You will be alone. And you will face alone. What I spent, I lost. What I saved, I left. What I gave for the kingdom of God, I will carry with me. I will have it. You know why? You know why? When you invest, in a mission, when you invest in the treasury of the church, the money will be used for the kingdom of God. When you go to the when you go when you stand before the Lord, somebody somebody will come from the north and he says, "Lord, I'm here because the Harvest Baptist Church sent that missionary and came to us, mm. and because of that, I'm here." And from the east, somebody would come and say, Lord, we are here because Harvest Mission Project has brought this money to us, and we are here. What you gave, you will have. In all these losses, Job knew that he would be eventually separated from them. When it came a time to leave this world, 
Job acknowledged God, God's ultimate, uh, unlimited sovereignty over all by saying, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Beloved, let me point out this. We are the stewards of what God has given to us. You know what is the stewards means? Do you know what the steward, the word stewards means? The word stewards means the one who manages, not the one who owns it. Let me say it again. Pastor Marty is the steward of this church. He doesn't own it. Because one day he has to stand and give an account of this. God has given you anything and everything so you do not own. You are the steward. No wonder David says, what, all what we have and what we are is yours. How much people need to come to that point rather than holding, oh, this is me, me, me. There was a very rich man and a poor pastor was appointed this village and the pastor went to visit a rich man and he took it to the uh, terrace and he said, pastor, do you see that side, the west side? And pastor said, I can see a little bit. I said, no, you see, look, look. And he said, this all cattle farm is mine. Pastor, uh, the rich man thought that pastor would say, oh, what a joy. What a, you are a very rich man. Thank you that you are our member. He was very quiet. Then he said, can you see, turn around, pastor. And he said, east side, can you see this, all the farming land that own, I own them. Pastor was speechless. He, was, he did not say anything. Then he said, north and south. And he did not. So but the rich man was very annoyed. He said, is it not bothering you? Is it no word of compliment? He said, Pastor, brother, you have a, on the east side, west side, north side, south side. I was wondering whether you have anything up there. We don't own anything. That's why Job reminds us. Naked I came, naked I returned. Lord gave. Lord took it, blessed be the name of the Lord. I used that illustration once, I think. John Wesley was riding on his dog, a horse to preach always. He preached about 55,000 messages on the horses. One day he was coming back. And people said, John, your house is burned. He said, that was not my house, it was God's. I don't have to worry about now. That's the attitude God would have us. When you hold on, you are depressed. When you think about it is not mine, it is God's, take it away. Job, no wonder Job worshipped in the midst of everything was gone. Job worshipped God. You know, Job realized, James chapter 1, verse 17, every perfect gift from, come from God. And every perfect gift returns to God. It is God who gives. It is God who takes away. God has a right to take. God has a right to give. Always remember, my friends, I have to remind one man in the church. Pastor Marty knows that. Is that God knows how to bless and God knows how to take the blessings. Don't complain when that happens. And the top of that, Job says, blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Bible tells us that Job, in all this, Job did not charge God. Job did not charge God. You know, my friends, if you claim that you have the Spirit of God in you, never ever charge God for anything happens contrary to what you have in your mind set. Don't charge God. Don't charge God. You know why? When you charge God, you are grieving his spirit. Who is the loser here? Loser in a sense, you lose the joy. You lose the joy. Can you imagine when Job fall on the ground? The news went all over. This man is crazy. That was the point the Lord would like the whole world to know that Job worships me not because of my blessings but because I am his redeemer. Do you worship God because he is your redeemer or do you worship God because he blessings you every day? If he takes the blessings away, would you say, praise God, thank you God? God is God, <laughs> and we are we. Job's, Job is teaching us this marvelous, marvelous lesson. Job must respond with the true faith in God, believing that God rules over all things according to his own perfect will. God rules according to his own perfect will. He orchestrates everything. This is absolutely mind-boggling, friends. When you think about Romans chapter 8, verse 28, you know that verse, right? I hope you remember that God makes everything. Your circumstances, your bad days, good days, your death, Sickness, everything, he brings them together for good. If we are created for his pleasure, then he takes a pleasure in everything he brings on our life. Because nothing is accident in the child of God's life. Nothing. Nothing is accident in the child of God. You know, my friends, when you stand that ground, can you imagine what a testimony to the neighbors, to your children, to your grandchildren? As I pointed out, this man in Arkansas, when doctor broke the news that he three months to leave, and he hugged doctor, and he gave the case to doctor, he, was un he could not believe. And he went door to door and said, hey, I'm going home. By the way, this world is not our home. We are passing through. One of these days, our home address will be changed from 7 Karmudi Court to the Hallelujah Boulevard. <laughs> Wonderful. irreverent accusations and bitter charges against the holy and righteous God were not a part of Job's response. His high view of God 
His high view of God's supremacy caused him to offer praise in the most tragic moment of his life. Let me say it again. His high view of God. If I hand over a piece of paper and ask you, what do you think about God? You know, I just finished my Bible, 43rd time. And I started again the reading another 44th time. And this is something new. I never thought about that. I told my wife, you know how many chapters are in the Old Testament, New Testament? I wrote down. I just, I, let me tell you, just to encourage you, just to encourage you. Okay, here we go. There are... 929 chapters in the Old Testament and 260 chapters in the New Testament. So altogether, 1,189 chapters. And there are 33,214 verses in the Old Testament and 7,959 verses in the New Testament. Altogether, uh, four, uh, there are many verses. Okay, But what, what I'm saying is, if you read... Ten chapters in the whole day, five chapters in the morning, five chapters in the evening, you will finish the Bible in four months. In four months. So, what I decided this time, and I got the book, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, without faith it is impossible to please God, and whoever comes to him must believe God is, right? God is. So what I decided, it dawned on me that I should write down from Genesis to Revelation who God is according to the scripture. So I wrote down at least two pages in Genesis. I finished the book of Genesis. Four, in four days, I finished the book of Genesis. My heart's desire, if God permits me, I would like to write everything, and at the, at the four months later, maybe somebody can put everything on a computer and write down and make a copy for everybody, for you, so you can keep it on your archives and meditate who God is in the Bible. It's a wonderful study. Who God is. Stop it. Like I was reading, you know, in Genesis chapter 15, the Lord said, I am thy God. Uh, I am your shield. I am your shield. Walk before me and be perfect. Just the word shield. Meditate on that word. That is God. And, and let's just, this is just one word. And there are so many. It's a big study. So I have devoted that time now. Every day I read five, I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm lusting the Bible. And I, I just want to read more and more and write down, write down, write down. And it's just wonderful. And then I meditate. It's wonderful. It's a good, your high view of God determines your actions. Job. I, I, last Lord's Day, I said that Job did not have a church. Job did not have a pastor. Job did not have a church service. Job did not have anything. Yet what he had, he believed and he obeyed and he loved. That's why he stood like tall oak tree. He experienced all the storms, and yet he stood. And the Lord blessed him more than he ever encountered. Ever encountered. That is the God we have, my friends. That is the God. So high view of God's supremacy caused Job to offer praise. Get into God. Build your character, build your faith, build your family 
on God, not what he does to you, but who God is. That no matter what comes in your life, you will stand like an oak tree and you will never wobble. You will stand firm. I think it's time up. Five minutes more. I, time runs out very fast. And there are three applications. I like to take one, five minutes, just one application. One precious lesson. Listen. There are three lessons. Next Lord's Day, God will really see. Three precious applications. Lesson number one. The truth of knowing God is very important. The believer simply needs to know who is in control of your life. You, your money, or God? Who is in control? God himself, right? God's thoughts are higher above your thoughts because he is the one. You know, in Genesis chapter 18, verse 25, the judge of the, uh, judge of the whole earth will not do the right thing. He always does the right thing. So when you know God, no matter what comes in your life, he does always right, number one. Secondly, Isaiah chapter 55, his thoughts are higher than mine. His words are higher than mine. His ways are higher than mine. What am I supposed to do? Submit to him. Do I question? No. Do I argue with God? No. I'm the miserable party if I do so. Because his ways, and he does the best. He performs everything concerning me best way. If I do that, I will mess up. You know, my friends, so many people's life are messed up because, you know, they try to control rather than the So many families are ruined. So many families are ruined. Because husband tried to rule, wife tried to rule, and as a result, disaster. Rather than if they submit to the Lord and say, Lord, you be our controller. Everything be all right. Secondly, he is absolutely sovereignly, yet infinitely wise. God's way are perfect, thus we, cannot tr thus we can trust him. When tragedy strikes, there are no explanations why such an ordeal has just been unleashed upon my life. In the midst of life's tragedy, when, we, when, when I must, uh, when we most want answers, so often there are none. In these difficult hours, we must simply trust. You know, my friends, when the tragedy strikes, when something happens, God will not explain why. And you don't ask God why. Simply submit. The one whom you love is sick. Jesus did not come right away. Lazarus died. Funeral was conducted. Four days went by. Martha and Mary were just gloomy. Master is here. Martha ran. He said, where were you when we needed? How many times we are doing the same thing? And what did Jesus say? Martha, I am the resurrection and life. Do you believe? You know, my beloved, that is the greatest comforting verse in the Bible. Had not Jesus waited, we would not have this verse. I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever believes in me, and I shall, uh, he, whoever believes in me will never die. And Jesus said, do you believe? And my, yeah, I believe. Your brother shall live. 
God is not obligated to answer everything. I have to submit to him. And when the time comes, he will unfold. Maybe not. But when I cross the other side of the river, I will behold everything. Paul writes, right now we see in the mirror, but then we will behold face to face. Then the old order will go away and the new order will come. Let's wait for the new order. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you very much for the time you have given to us. What a privilege to go back in the life of Job. What you have allowed him to go through as a result, his standing as a signpost for us to be encouraged, to be challenged, to be instructed, and to be rebuked. Help us, O oh God, that we, like Job, learn to trust in your sovereignty. No matter what comes, as he said in chapter 13, verse 15, even though he slay, yet I will trust him. I know my Redeemer liveth. And one day I will see him. Oh God, we're looking forward for that glorious day where we will see you face to face. Prepare us, O oh God, for this worship service and time of worshiping, O oh God. Oh dear God, enlighten our eyes, our mind. Let this house be sanctified by your glorious presence of the Holy Spirit and your word be exalted, O oh God, above everything. And people may leave this sanctuary by your name. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.